Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube and podcast channel. We are back with another match preview after what seemed to be an, an age with that international break. We're finally returning to club football. Uh, this one's going to be for the Brentford game at home over the weekend. Uh, I'm Scott, I am your host for this one. And I am joined this week by, we're going to call them match preview regulars now because we've been on every single one, Daryl and Andy. Andy, mate, how are we this week? I'm great, mate. Glad to be a regular, finally. Cheers. Um, looking forward to getting back into it. Obviously, battered and bruised after that really tough start. Bored to death off the international break. Um, but yeah, looking forward to having a positive run in the season now after a rough start. Yes, uh, Daryl, are we expecting a bounce back um, for, for this game? I think so. And, you know, I think the advantage of us being back at St. James's this weekend is going to be a huge positive for the lads. Um, you know, it's about time that we put a few wrongs to rights um, and really showed up and, and put in a performance worthy of what, what we are capable of. Absolutely. Well, before we get into all of that goodness, here's a little word from our sponsor. The Gallagher Shots Match Preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle United players, legends and retro kits. For more information, visit their website at magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. Okay then, so Saturday 16th of September, 5.30pm kickoff under the lights, as they like to say, at St James's Park. Um, I believe it's live on Sky. For, for you in the UK who aren't going to the match. Uh, we play Brentford. Um, not doing too badly. One uh, one win and three draws uh, in their last four. 
Um, I believe the draws were against Spurs, Burnmouth and Pal- Bournemouth and Palace. Um, and then they, they beat Fulham 3 0 uh, as well through there. So they're sitting in eighth, Daryl. Um, but last time we played Brentford, it's a little bit of a different story to what maybe we could be expecting today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the game last season at St James's, came at the very start of what was probably our most productive run of the season. Um, it came on the anniversary of the takeover as well, the first anniversary of, of the takeover happening. Um, and I have to give a bit of context when I say and mention the, the run that we were on at that point. And in the previous week, having just come back from an international break ourselves at that point as well last season, we went away to Fulham and beat them 4-1, if you all remember that absolutely astounding Miguel Amaron volley from the corner of the box that just absolutely looped into the far corner. It was absolutely glorious. Um, so, yeah, we, we had beaten Fulham 4-1 the week before and succeeded in coming up to St James's Park the following week with another club from West London, from just up the road there in Chiswick. And uh, we absolutely battered them 5-1. Um you know, with 3-1 up at the, the point when Brentford got their consolation goal. Um, you had two goals from Bruno, goal from Miggy, um, a goal from Isaac, I think, and a goal, which was an own goal, um, from one of their defenders whose name escapes me at this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that point, we were absolutely on fire. I think it was probably one of our best performances of the first half of the season. Um, I think can, I think we can all agree that the best performance of last season was the one against Tottenham at home uh, when we obviously turned them over inside eight, uh, 21 minutes. But uh, in, in terms of the early parts of the season, that was probably our best performance. Um, it dominated them from start to finish. Really showed just how good a team we were that day. And I think we'll probably be looking to try and mirror that this, this season. I don't know if it will be as... Like thorough as a five-one win, I don't know if it will be that emphatic, but I think you know the, the lads and lasses who will be there in the crowd will have had a full day sampling the delights of Newcastle, um, and and certainly be able to whip up a decent atmosphere come Saturday tea time, and I look forward to it a lot. Yeah, it was it was a strange one last season, Andy, because Brentford had a pretty decent start of the season, if I, if I recall, and we we were expecting a, a, a tough game. I think even in the preview last time we were. You know, a bit hesitant with our predictions, even. Um, but mm. it turned out not to be that, like like Daryl said, uh, quite a high scorer match. Yeah, it was. I think <clears throat> Brentford's one of those teams that we seem to have their number for some reason. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, we were the only team they didn't beat in the league last year. I think that's right. Um, so they're one of these teams who they just go about the business really calmly and seem to just be really, really consistent. And obviously, when you are consistent, you win most games. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was one of those results where we all looked at each other in the stadium we were going, we're actually really good because obviously it was still, it was getting to that point where it was kind of, are we actually good or are we just sort of fluking this entire season? And then we kept turning all these teams over. Um, so going into this season, it's obviously a lot a lot more of a different atmosphere where now we're on the other side of it going, were we actually good or was it a bit of a fluke? And I don't believe it was by any means, but obviously we're at a position in the season now where we've really got to show all metal and show that we deserve to be where we were last season, that we deserve to be at Brentford twice. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're a good team, but we're better. <laughs> yes, well, fingers <laughs> crossed. Like you said, we we do bounce back from our. I don't want to say poor start, but not as as good as expected start. Um, I think you know maybe a couple more points on the board would have been nice. Uh, but you know we have played Man City, Liverpool, and Brighton, um, as well as Villa, of course, to uh, to start the season. Um, 
I'll stick with you, Andy. Obviously, it's going to be a slightly different Brentford side this season. Uh, we'll talk about Ivan Tony later, um, but we'll focus on the new players that Brentford have brought in over the summer. Um, yeah, do you want to do you want to enlighten us with their new signings? Um, I will. I think it was one of those where, I'll be honest, I had to look it up because Brentford, one of these teams, obviously there was millions of signings going on. And I think Brentford just kind of plodded along and did really sensible business that no one really cared about. But when you go through what they have done, it was actually really sensible. So they signed Nathan Collins from Wolves, who is still a kid, really, 22 years old as a centre-back. It's brilliant, really. 26 million quid, great signing. Um, he's that player that is our Sven Botman, really, for them. He's going to be that linchpin in their defence for, hopefully, for them the next five, six seasons, something like that. Great player, already doing really well. Um, they signed that Sharder from Freiburg permanently. They had him on loan last season. I think it was when we played them away from home, I was looking at him going, who is this guy? Where's he come from? Because I remember him just being absolutely rapid and I presumed it was one of their youth players or something like that. Um, but he, he looks really good, um, sort of inverted left winger. Um, they brought in a new keeper, uh, Flecken, because they lost David Raya, which was a, a weird transfer saga in itself why he left. Um, and then randomly, I had no idea this happened, Neil Morpé went back to Brentford, which just which just reeks of desperation of, of all the strikers you could possibly get. The one who's been probably consistently the worst first team striker in the Premier League uh, that, that's probably not too harsh I don't think I'm happy for him to well I'm not happy for him to prove me wrong but he has been abysmal for forever they've got him purely because they effectively have no proper strikers in the squad so sensible business a few young players a few um old um composed heads so um yeah sensible 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 transfers from Brentford as always yeah, you've you've said that now, uh, Andy, and obviously he's now going to score a hat trick against us. <laughs> oh, God, uh, if that happens, if he starts, <laughs> I'm no longer a regular. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darren, obviously, obviously we've we've mentioned um, the new players in, but they do still have some players to watch, and and I think you know we've seen you know. They're, they're coping okay without Ivan Tony. We thought that would maybe be a a linchpin. In their in their wheel, and it's actually they seem to be doing better without them, you know, which is a strange thing to say. Yeah, I think it, it probably comes down to like we've mentioned there with Andy. It's all about their system and their model and their style of play, isn't it? Um, you know, they've got players, and I think you can class a lot of their strength as coming from their wide forwards. Um, and we include um, Wissa and and Bermo in that as well. Um, and Bermo, I don't know if you remember watching over the last couple of weeks. He's, He's had a penalty or two and he has the exact same technique as Ivan Tony in terms of how he delivers his penalties and takes his shots, which was interesting to see, to be the fair. One, the, the technique that should be illegal. In, yeah, the, the hop, the, was it some sort of hop, hop yeah. skipping and jumping and just smash it the other way. Unless you're Nick Pope, in which case you can save it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first one last season, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, for me, and I know we're not the FPL show, but in Bermo for me is an FPL steal because he's always picking up points left, right and centre. So he's, he's definitely performing in games. Um, Wiss has banged in a couple of goals already as well this season. So they do still have a threat. And I think, I feel like, I think he's played Shider through the middle a couple of times this season already. And I think the addition of Mopé is simply just so he's got a more of a focal point in the middle of the park. And that's not to say that he's going to do what you just said, Scott, and score a hat-trick or whatever against <laughs> on Saturday, because... Uh, his shooting boots have been off since he signed for Brighton, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they do still pose a threat. And as much as I personally off the top of my head right now can't remember the midfield, they're still a very dynamic team. And as you've mentioned, they can be consistently good. 
um, and they know how to grind out results. You know, they haven't, is it four games in, they haven't lost a game yet, then if that's the case, because yep. it's the three draws and and one win. So they, they will make it difficult for us. We shouldn't be under any illusion that it's not going to be an easy game because it, it's going to be difficult. It's It's one of these things, especially in the form that we're currently in as well. You know, our form is very patchy at the moment. You know, we're coming off the back of three straight losses. Um, but I think as we'll, as we'll get onto it later in, in, in this podcast, when we talk about the selection available to us, I think we should be able to resolve that this, this weekend. Yeah, well, before we get on to what we can do, we'll just quickly touch on Brentford's unavailable players. And I say unavailable because there's a couple of injuries and obviously there's the the big... Uh, elephant in the room, Ivan Tony, who is, uh, you know, not available until I think it's 16th of January he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to miss him for the good half of the season. Uh, we'll touch on Tony first, and he obviously ex Newcastle player. Um, he's always seems to love a goal against us, or at least try to. Um, you know, you know, penalty aside last season. Um, you know, we, we've we've talked about how much they're not missing him at the moment, but do you think maybe through the long term of this season, the longer they go without a goal scorer like Ivan Tony, the more it might damage them. Um, just given their, their run-up, obviously they've played Spurs, yeah. Bournemouth, Palace and Fulham. Um, you'd say they've arguably only really had one or two difficult opponents and then maybe, you know, one below and maybe one on par uh, and I'll, I'll let you at home decide which of those four teams fit into which <laughs> slot there. Um, but yeah, well, do, do you think the, the, the Tony um, absence is going to be their oncoming or they're undoing over the you know the coming weeks and months. Mm. Yeah, obviously it's hard to say because he was such a linchpin, but so far not necessarily an issue. Although you could argue those three draws could have one of two of those could have become wins with Tony there. Um, but yeah, the, he was so crucial the way they played. They played really direct. They were really good from set pieces. I think only one team in the league scored more from set pieces than them last year. Um, he's one of those old-fashioned strikers that can actually hold a ball up. But he's that sort of cliche of good feet for a big man. He can do it all. He can he can run with the ball. He can finish. He can head. He can hold it up. Um, but it could also be a bit of a blessing in disguise as well because if you are reliant on one player, when that player is gone, then you need to find other ways and you need to be a bit more flexible in how you score goals. We've already seen Mbumo scored. I think Wissa's got one as well. Um, and I think we've seen something similar with Tottenham. They've obviously lost Kane. Son started scoring again. Madison scoring goals. So... You know, when you've got good managers, they'll find a way to do it. But yeah, like you say, as the season goes on, if they get an injury or Mbumo stops firing or for whatever reason, teams just work out how Brentford are doing it, they, they need that star man. And it's that star man that, let's be honest, he did kick them into those higher positions last year, whereas they might have just had a good mid-table year at season without him last year. But just wanted to touch on the Tony thing as well, just briefly about the whole gambling thing. I know this is probably a canny chatter topic in itself, but I think it's an absolute disgrace that Tony has being in this position surrounded by gambling the way he is in football i think it's an absolute disgrace to be honest that he's going to go back out there in january wearing a hollywood bets t-shirt playing in the sky bet you know and you know <laughs> sky bet championship before him and all these things i just think it's one of these things that we really need to get a grip on in the game because i think it's the shambles not that it excuses any of his behavior because obviously he's made some mistakes but i think that's a conversation that we need to have on probably another podcast in there in the state of gambling in the game really Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's it's something that's embedded quite deeply in the UK um, culture and it, mm-hmm. it's it's not helped by the uh, by the, the, the glamification of it. 
that the the football seems to do every weekend. But we will move on. And you said that is a that is a topic for a different podcast. Um, a couple of other players, Daryl, that Brentford have. Uh, the, well, these are the injuries. Uh, they've got De Silva out, and I think he's out for a bit long term. And then Ben Mee, who I think is fifty fifty whether he comes back or not. I don't know if he's a regular starter for Brentford um, at the moment. Is Ben Mee, but. Uh, He's a name that keeps popping up with us. He seems to always kind of do well when he comes on against, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against us in, in recent t- in recent times. Yeah, I like Ben May as a defender, and he's somebody actually who Eddie Howe is quite familiar with as well. Um, I remember listening to him very recently on a, a, another podcast with a, a certain very tall footballer, former striker, um, and he was saying how much that he learned from Eddie Howe during his time at Burnley. Um, and to for, to be honest, Ben Mee's one of these kinds of players who he's a bit, he's almost a bit like an old school defender. He's he's no nonsense. He's very much, um, you know, win a tackle, clear the ball, head the ball, whatever. You know that that kind of old school like ethos to him. And he's just a very, I don't want to say basic in in the fact that he's crap because he's not. He's he's fantastic in what he does, but he's he's very good at the basics. He knows what he needs to do. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and. Um, and when you say there about him being a regular, I think he has been quite a regular starter for Brentford, specifically last season. He got quite a few appearances in last season. Um, but, you know, because of the way they recruit in their system, they haven't really missed him that much when he's been out so far this season. We will move on to Newcastle. Obviously, this is a Newcastle podcast. Um, we'll look at our unavailable players or, or our injuries um, obviously we do do this before the Eddie Hell press conference on a Friday and it's been a couple of weeks since we've had one so we're going off rumours and off reports from other journalists as well with a couple of these but obviously Emil Kraft is now back in full training I do think it's probably a bit soon for him to probably even feature on the bench if I'm being honest with you um, and the fact we've got Trippier and uh, Livermento I was going to. I was trying. I was trying to think of his name. I'm think of Trippier and Livermento to cover that right back position. I don't think he's going to be rushed back. Uh, it'll be nice and slow with him. Obviously, Joe Willock is still out as well. Um, Javier Manquillo's on that list that I saw, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen any reports from being injured, but looks like he's out. And then the big one, really, Andy, and it's like I say, it's the one that we've had no confirmation from the club, but we've had it from a couple of local journalists. Is that Tenali? Uh, is going to miss, well, he's missed the Italy game, I think it was last night or tonight, mm-hmm. uh, a time recording, and he's likely to miss the Brentford game and possibly also his uh, his homecoming to AC Milan, which is a bit of a shame. But given the fact that it is Tonali, the new player, obviously the the, the big money signing of our summer, um, is that a big miss for us? Yeah, uh, I'm gutted. I think he has been our player of the season so far. Obviously, first game... I think in pre-season there was some question marks because he obviously got bodied a, a couple of times and he maybe didn't look quite 100%. But that first game against Villa obviously scored straight away, completely bossed it. And even in the games where we haven't performed as well, he's just looked class. He's just that touch of quality. He's that player we've been crying out for. I think people maybe expected him to be a Perlo when really he's more of a Catuso. He's someone that runs about, gets himself forward, tries to create things. Um, although we haven't seen the Raji side that could do so bad yet, but I'm sure that's to come. But um, yeah, he's he's a massive miss, um, and I don't want to dwell on on that side of it too much because again, it gives an it get, then gives an opportunity for other people. We obviously didn't have Tenali last year, and we were mint. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for someone like Longstaff to get back in there and really stamp stamp his name and the team. It may be a change of shape from how he might decide that he wants to push Bruno into that 
Tonali more advanced role, and um, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, hopefully it is just a one-off. I'd be gutted for him if he missed that Milan game. Gutted for him, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, the other player that's on that list, which, well, he wasn't on the list, but he obviously was missing in the last game, Daryl, that's Sven Botman. Um, mm-hmm. We could see the gap he left in our defence when he was out last, last I don't, not last week, but in the last game. Um, yeah. You know, there's no reports whether or not he's going to be back or not. Again, like I said, we're doing this before the press conference, but, you know, you're kind of hoping he's going to be back and ready for this after having, what, three weeks now to, to recover? Uh, we can't yeah. in, in that defence, don't we? Yeah, Andy's absolutely right. They're having his hands together in, in, in prayer. <laughs> I mean, I think if you looked at some of Sven's socials over the international break, there you see you could see he was working hard on his recovery. Um, but you, you're absolutely right. He leaves a massive hole in, in that defence when he's not there. Um, and that's not a slight on Dan Byrne at all. But, you know, the, the, the lad is... He's a young lad and he just oozes class. He is the Rolls Royce of our defence, really, in terms of his quality and his ability. Um, and we do not look the same as a defensive unit when he's not there, which is, you, you don't want to rely on these players as heavily as that. But unfortunately, in the situation that we're in, we do. And it's, it's, it can't be helped. Um, and just to also go back on the Tenali thing, I actually don't yep. think that's as bad a problem as it's made out to be. I'm not quite... Uh, don't get me wrong, I fully agree with everything that Andy said about how good Tenali is and seen it, witnessed it first time myself and you, you just know how much of a, a, a class above he is in that midfield. However... I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You can argue as well that the problem that we've had in the last three games has been a bit of an imbalance in the midfield itself. And yeah. it's hard to pin that on individuals. I think it's more the selection of those three. Tonali's willingness and ability to get around the pitch and do everything that he does sort of then leads to problems where I think Bruno doesn't quite know where he should go or when he should go and, and all that. So there's a bit of fluidity issues there. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for Sean Longstaff to come in. And I also think it's an opportunity for that, that, that midfield to rebalance and readdress itself and get itself back to the form it had last season. And I think going forward, especially if, if this is an injury that is going to trouble Tonali for a bit longer than just the two games then it's the perfect opportunity for Eddie to experiment and, and be a case of start Bruno and change Bruno for Tonali so that we still have fresh legs and we still have that same ability in that position. Mm. Um, mm. But I think it, it is that chance, like I said, for Longstaff to come in and just for that midfield to, to readdress itself. We've seen the stats. Jamie Redknapp was all over it the other week in the Brighton game that when Sean Longstaff doesn't play certain things happen and you can see that the I think it was it was it the expected goals against is nearly doubled when he's not in that team. Um and you know it's it's clear that Sean has an ability and don't get me wrong, I've seen Sean on multiple occasions in pre season and seasons, you know, last season and even in some of the games this season. He comes on and 
it almost feels as if he needs a little bit longer when he's on the ball to make a decision. He'll receive the ball, then make a decision, then pass it. Whereas somebody like Atarnali has already looked at the picture, he already knows what he's going to do before he's even received the ball, and he acts mm-hmm. much quicker. However, like I've said, it, there is something about Longstaff in that team that makes it tick better, and I think it's just because the way he sees the game just means that that midfield's more balanced. Yeah, the, the word engine gets spattered around a lot when mm. it comes to uh, the likes of Sean Longstaff, and and he does have an engine on him. Um, obviously, you know, we've spoken about Tenali uh, and Bruno and Joe Linton as that midfield three. Joe uh, Bruno at the weekend obviously had probably one of the games of his life for Brazil. Andy, uh, are we mm. are we hoping that that form kind of you know rubs off and, and it kind of sticks with him a little bit because he has been a little bit off the ball. Uh, you know, I think you'd probably be the first to admit that as well. Uh, you know, easily probably from you know towards the end of last season, but certainly this season hasn't been the Bruno that we we know and love, uh, shall we say? Um, but that Brazil game, I mean, I think he made forty nine passes and didn't, and it was forty nine completed passes as well. He didn't miss a single pass, misplaced a single pass. Um, got an assist. I think he got another assist last night. Uh, he set up Richarlison, who I'm surprised he even know where the back of the net was uh, what you played for from Spurs um but yeah are we are we, are we expecting like you know maybe it's a, a response from Bruno after that you know perform those good couple of performances do you think that maybe just give him the kick up the arse he's needed to just kind of think oh okay this is how I play yeah and, and you'll know, crack on with Newcastle well Richarlison's an interesting example because he goes against your argument because he's always great for Brazil and then goes back to Spurs and he's terrible <laughs> yeah. so I don't know but uh, yeah I take your point completely yeah um if there is an element of Bruno lacking a bit of confidence or sharpness a game like that where I mean we know that he loves Brazil and he'll, he'll probably be one of these people like most Brazilians they choose the country over the club every single time going to Brazil and putting in a performance like that can only be a good thing. I think the difference is that he's playing slightly more advanced in that Brazil team and he's surrounded by other ridiculous players who can do great things. Um, So there's potentially less pressure on him. Um, But yeah, I think when we have a player who is the shining star in a Brazil team, we have to just rewind the clock sometimes and remember how lucky we are to have Bruno, even though he's he's not immune to criticism. He has been poorer than he has been. Um, but he's still been he's still an unbelievable player and we just got to hope that yeah. how just unlocks that out of him this year because I, I think you're right there's been a few times where I think teams have doubled up on him and they've really gone for Bruno and they haven't let him dictate the play as much and I'm not sure Joe and, and Tenali are really doing what they need to all the time but yeah we need him back to his best we all love Bruno and we just need to see that smiling face of his again when he bangs one in top corner there's my yeah, only really. <laughs> um, obviously, obviously, another another player who was always good for his country and then didn't really show up for for uh, for club was uh, one Ryan Fraser. But we'll we'll not we'll not delve any more into that one. How, how random is that? Oh, well, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't he play um, for Scotland? <laughs> well, he, when not he did play, he did very well. He was. <laughs> um, obviously, there's been an international break, Daryl, and we're maybe expecting some rotation anyway because of some of the results we've had. Um, talking about lineups, obviously, you know, I think it's a given that Nick Pope keeps his place. Yeah. Obviously, you know, as you well know, Martin Dubravka has made the squad, but he's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's going to be on the bench as we all think. That's an inside joke, by the way, if anyone uh, doesn't know. Um, <laughs> but well, you know, thinking of that back four, obviously, Kieran Trippier has only played last night at time of recording on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got Tino Livermento, who I remembered his name this time, uh, who can obviously step in. Um, you know, central. 
you've had Fabian Sherry on international duty as well. I don't know if he played or not, but he's still been away from the side. Um, obviously, we know Sven Botman's out, but Dan Burns been there as well. Um, and then you've got the le- the the left wing, uh, the left back. Sorry, where you know Lewis Hall has been training with the England side, and maybe mm-hmm. it's a, an opportunity to introduce him in, or do you stick with Target? How, how would how would you approach that back four or five as you see it? Well, personally, I'm gambling on Sven Botman being fit again, so that Dan Byrne goes back to left back. So <laughs> that would be the way I look at it. I, do you know what it is? As much as Kieran Trippier only played last night, and I thought he played quite well. I, I was watching the second half, and I thought he got himself into some really good positions, bearing in mind where he was playing because he wasn't playing at right back. Um, but he, he got into fantastic field as well as what Sky thought. No, he was I, be yeah, uh, weird. But yeah, he was. So you had him in at left back, and he was getting in some really good attacking positions down that side. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a problem for Kieran. I think Kieran's fitness and stamina is going to see him absolutely fine for starting on Saturday. Um, in terms of the midfield, and I'll include Miggy in this as well because they've all shared uh, Bruno, Miggy, and Joel Linton have all shared a flight back to Newcastle today, as we've seen on on the socials um, from South America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think. Do you know what it is? It's funny, you know, because I think Eddie will expect them back at um, the training ground tomorrow in some capacity. Not necessarily to train, but you'll certainly be wanting to see their faces to see how they've been doing mm-hmm. while they're away, um, ready for to go in on training on Friday morning. Um, so I don't think there's going to be any issues there, unless, as we said earlier, that Joe Linton didn't really look fully fit against Brighton. Um, and it was probably an issue that he started that game. Um, in terms of the did forward he, line, just did he sorry, play for Brazil? Here. Sorry, did he play for Brazil? I think he got. I think he got made minutes, didn't he? he? I think he came on and got some minutes. Game. Yeah, yeah. So he should be all right. Um, and I think, you know, I've just mentioned Miggy there. I think Miggy will probably be all right to start as well. The the, the problem, the, the thing I'm thinking about in terms of another change in, in the squad would be up front, and I'm I'm saying this bearing in mind of where we have to go on Tuesday tea time, at in mm, UK yeah. time that is. And I'm just wondering if he might try and use this as a an opportunity to start Wilson, or if he starts Isaac, he won't be seeing more than an hour because he'll want Isaac fit for for Tuesday night against Milan. Um, I honestly thought that he would have started Wilson against Brighton, um, so it was it came as a shock to me on the day to see that Isaac was going to start. Um, I thought it was more, su- and it turned out in the end that it was more suited to Callum Wilson because he managed to get on the score sheet against Brighton. Yep, um, and I just think. If he goes with Isaac, he won't see a full hour. And if he goes with Wilson, then he might just give Wilson the full night and save Isaac for Milan on Tuesday. Yeah, there's obviously that. I don't want to say cloud lingering over us, but there's that that shining light to look forward to on Tuesday, Andy, of the, the AC Milan game. And obviously, we will be doing a prediction for that after the Brentford game. Um, but in terms of like rotation, obviously, we've had the international break. We've got this game coming up on Tuesday. We haven't seen what Eddie Howe does in these situations before. So it's going to be a surprise for everyone, I think, mm. when we see the lineup on Saturday. But um, are you expecting any or or, or major changes to uh, to the side at the weekend? Well, this is all new to us as fans, isn't it, as well? We don't really know what we do in this situation. Do you rotate before? Do you rotate them afterwards? Uh, it's a weird one. I mean, obviously, we've bought squad players for this exact reason. So... Um, coming off the back of an international break, maybe less need for it. But clearly, that Milan game is the one that they're going to be. That's the the A game. That's the top priority. So, 
you think if you are going to rest players, you do it now on a on a, a Saturday kickoff. So then you've got a fully fit squad going there. But I, I don't honestly know. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. I don't think it'll be wholesale changes. It's not going to be like a Carabao Cup situation where you've got the entire chain, uh, team change the keeper, things like that. But I agree, yeah. Wilson, maybe. Maybe this is where Barnes gets a start on the wing instead of Gordon. Um, we obviously know that Tonali is not going to play. Um, I do think it's time to see one of Hall or Livramento as well um, because they're there. If they're not going to put them in for a home game against Brentford, what's the point of having them in the squad? Um, yeah. So even if they're not starting, I think Howe's game plan, and again, because obviously I'm so uh, such a good manager and I know how all these managers think, <laughs> I would have thought that what he'll want to do is start as strong as possible and get a good get a lead. And then he can take then he can take the risk of bringing some players off. Although I guess in the Liverpool game we thought we had that game won and we changed the team. And then, <laughs> and then uh, let's not talk about the rest. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, my priorities are fine as I want us going to the San Siro with our number one, you know, our top eleven. I don't want yeah. us to be picking up any injuries. I don't want anyone to be mm-hmm. tired. I want all of those eleven lads to be able to play ninety minutes. Um, although obviously that's not possible in an intense game like that. But yeah, we should wait and see. But how exciting that we've got that on the horizon. Let's do the prediction now. We're smashing Milan. Easy. Smash, <laughs> Smash Milan. Move on to the next video. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, the, my only concern with obviously the game at the weekend for... And I'm not saying this will happen, but there's, there's always that thought in the back of a fan's mind when you see a player on the pitch and they've got such a big game coming up. That maybe they don't give a hundred percent going into a tackle. Mm. Maybe they don't, you know. Maybe they'll they'll pull out of a tackle, or they'll they'll be a bit more hesitant as to go try and win a ball. Well, I we don't think that will happen. We? But I've got that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't think it'll happen. But there's always Wilson was like tiptoeing around every single game, wasn't he? Before <laughs> that World well, Cup, bless him. Wilson was made a glass back then, so you can actually. Yeah. yeah. I personally think it will be Wilson who starts, um, and I think it will be uh, because how wants Isak for the Champions yeah. League and I think Isak would be the Champions League striker if you will um, but I, that's not saying that Wilson isn't capable I think Wilson will be fully capable but I think Wilson's a better player to have come off the bench when you're playing against the likes of an AC Milan where yeah. you know mm-hmm. it could be that the game's away from us anyway or it could be that we're flying um, you bring on a, a Callum Wilson who's going to bully defenders when they've been trying to chase Isak for the last 60 minutes. It's the last thing they're going to want. So, yeah, I think mm. I think we'll flip for this and then flip back for, for Milan. But, again, there will be a Milan preview before the uh, the Milan game. Uh, we'll come to it. our predictions. Sorry? I've just done it. That's, that's the Milan preview. <laughs> there you are. No Milan preview this week because Andy's just done it. I'm just going to cut that out and we'll just play it on loop for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Do it as a TikTok. No, I just... No, we'll we'll come to uh, our predictions, and as always, uh, as a a benefit of being a Gallagher Shots member, you have the opportunity to be to give us your prediction to feature on these. And this week we have Shane from uh, from I'm, I'm going to assume, he hasn't said, but I'm going to assume he's from Australia. And I don't know what's give us this idea, but just 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 watch this and we'll, we'll see what's going on. All right, g'day lads. I reckon for the Brentford match, I reckon Newcastle will win two nil. And I think Wilson will start and Isaac will come on later on. And the goal scorers will be, I think, Wilson and I think Isaac will get one as well. I think with the international form, hopefully he comes back with him and he scores another one. And, you know, it's always good when Wilson gets a goal. So, yeah, hopefully we get an early one to start off with and a clean sheet. Thanks, guys. 
So there you have it, a two nil. Can I just say, Scott? That yes, our mem- our members are basically Mark Lawrenson when he used to predict Liverpool. We've got we've got a win every every, every single week. We've won. I love I love the positive. You don't get me wrong, Shane. You, you're right. We should win, but every, we've got a hundred percent record walking the league this year. Can't our members? <laughs> yeah, and why not? Why not? Ah, I love season? it. But yes, um, two nil. Uh, Isak and Wilson on the score sheet, but Wilson to start. And he's to put, it's almost like he's watched this before we've recorded it mm. because it's exactly what we've said. Or maybe we're just talking a bit of sense. Who knows? Um, but we'll come to you first, Daryl, for your prediction. Yeah, I know that, Andy. Yeah, you see, you're shaking that. That's not the case, is it? <laughs> uh, but Daryl, we'll come to you for your predictions first. Um, what are you going for this week, mate? Well, I don't think it'll be as emphatic as last season's showing for a start, so I'm not going to go down that route. But I think um, I have a feeling that Brentford will be capable of getting a goal. Um, as we talked about earlier, that, that you know Wisser and, and Burmo are going to be a bit of a threat from from the wings, um, and even if we went down the route of the game last season and conceded a penalty, you know we've mentioned it there that the, the technique that is used by Burmo and penalties is very similar to Tony. So um, I think it'll be two one. I think it'll be a tight win. Um, I just think because we're still coming off the back of a, a bit of a shaky form coming into the international break, um, it's it's going to be tough for the lads to overcome that mental hurdle, um, especially against a team like Brentford, who will who will give us a game. They will give us a tough game. Um, and I think the backing of the crowd at home will be the thing that pushes us over the line on, on Saturday. Um, and I think it'll be 2-1. Close game. Close game. 2-1. Andy? What are you going for, mate? Agreed and agreed with Shane. I think uh, Wilson will get us a goal. I think we're due to grind out a game. Uh, the one disagreement I have with Shane is that we seem incapable of keeping a clean sheet. So I don't think we're going to do that this time around. I think it will be a proper grind out result where we're all sort of raging at the end, even though we've won just because it was such a good grind out win, if you know what I mean. I think it's going to be <laughs> yeah. one of them. So I think 1 0, then we'll concede stupidly just before half time and then we'll come out firing second half and grind it out. But uh, yeah, Wilson on the score sheet. And let's go for a random one for the second one. Lewis Hall. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Boy, Boywood Club returns. Knee slide the goal. There one. we go. Get your money yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, get your money on that. Although, as we've just said earlier, don't gamble in sport. It's... <laughs> yes, <laughs> when, that's when, wrong. Well, yes. when the fun stops, stop. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think... I think... I'm expecting a reaction from the players. I think you know. I know. This, I know. We said that against Brighton, but it's hard to get a reaction from an, when you're on when you're the away team. So I think yeah. you know the crowd being there, everyone getting behind them. Hopefully, I do think though it's going to be one of those games where if we concede early, that could be it. Like that could be curtains because the crowd will turn and it, that mm. that that. I just think that negativity might ooze throughout the stadium as we've seen in the past happen. Obviously, not in recent times, but we have seen that happen and starting to get little indications of that on like socials and stuff and you know we all know socials aren't the be all and end all of Newcastle United but you know it's starting to rear its ugly head again so I think as long as we don't concede early or first we should be all right I do think we'll concede I mean is it what 20 22 games now we've only conceded we've only kept two clean sheets I think was the stat mm-hmm. um you know we are we're all getting a little bit leaky considering we had one of the best defenses last year but I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory as well um, but I don't think it'll be as hard strung out. I think we'll fly 2-0 um, you know, out the doors and then it'll just be a second half of us trying to just keep a hold of that lead 
and and then Brentford will, you know, inevitably score probably in the you know seventieth minute or something and make the last last twenty minutes a bit nervy. But I think we'll still have it under control. So uh, it won't be as bad as what Andy said, but it won't be as good as maybe what uh, what what Shane said uh, mm. on the on his prediction. Um, goal scorers, I think it'll be a Wilson brace. I'll go for that. Um, nice and easy. And for my um, FPL, Mbermo is going to get the goal. Uh, yeah, for, I'll uh, have that, Scott. I'll take that as well. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll all take that. <laughs> yeah, we'll all take that. Um, what do you think the score is going to be at the weekend? What is your prediction? What do you think the lineup's going to be? Who do you think is going to start? Who do you think is going to miss out? Let us know in the comments below. Uh, we do read every single one. Uh, we try and answer whenever we can. Um, but yeah, let us know. And if you're a Brentford fan, have we missed anybody out from your side? Who should we be worried about if we haven't covered them already? And what are your predictions for this? Um, let us know again in the comments. If you like this sort of content, be that person who scrolls down from this video and hits the thumbs up button. It helps us reach other Newcastle fans as well as Brentford fans um, to get this video into their hands and into their YouTube feed. And if you want to get more from us, you can hit the subscribe button. It's absolutely free to do so. And if you want to be notified when new videos go live, you can hit the little notification bell and you will get a pop-up on whatever you watch your YouTube on to let you know there's a new video available. And we've got a whole host of things coming up this week. Um, Daniel, has, uh, who does the, you, the FBL show, now has the Champions League FBL, which he does normally, but he's doing it for us this season. They have gone through every single group and they're doing previews of players, teams, and what to look out for for the Fantasy Champions League, um, which I try to pick a team and I just think half the players that I picked don't start for that team. So I have to go back and <laughs> watch all of the videos that Daniel Daniel has done and then uh, go back and pick my team. Uh, we're releasing two a day. So two went out today for groups E and F. And tomorrow it'll be G and H. Uh, that's uh, what Thursday at, at this time recording, and then we'll hopefully have A B uh, up by the weekend, and then we'll do C and D early next week, ready for the Tuesday games uh, that are kicking off. Other stuff we've got coming up. Obviously, we'll have a reaction to this game um, either on the Saturday or the Sunday. Uh, there'll also be a preview for that all important. Champions League game against AC Milan. Uh, looking forward to recording that one. That should be a good one. Um, and obviously, you've also got the, the regulars like Kenny Chatter is back on the audio this week. Uh, we are recording that tomorrow. And uh, also the Always Smiling Faces podcast. What more can you ask for? I mean, there's so much content. We're practically giving it away. But if you want to throw some money our way, you can do. We do have a membership program. It's $2.99 a month. And that gets you early access to videos like this. It gets you the opportunity to record your prediction. Thanks to Shane for providing us with his prediction this week. We'll see. I think we'll get a lot of responses for the Milan prediction. So there may be, may do a couple for the Milan if we can if we can get a couple couple of people yeah, we'll maybe do that um, and get them in as well. Uh, get them on the on the channel. Uh, but it also gets you access to the Telegram group, which is where we pick who gets uh, who gets access to uh, doing these reactions. So if you are a member but you're not in the Telegram group, you'll need to join the Telegram group to be able to, uh, to get access to the. Um, the member prediction opportunity. Boys, hoping for a reaction this weekend. I think we're all yeah, quietly confident definitely. that that's going to happen. I think we're just hit, we've hit a little blip and I don't think it's anything to worry about. But we'll go into this one. Ooh, who knows? Um, we'll see what happens, but let's hope for a win. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Thank you for watching. Cheers. We will see you all in the next one. Come on, let's get a win. 
Come on, boys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.